Summer is almost here. Don't you want to go to the beach with thicker, gorgeous, beautiful locks and everyone goes, hey, I love your hair. And you go, Nutrafol, baby. (laughs) You know, something along that lines. Well, take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering my listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and you enter the promo code TSFS. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. I recommend it. I've been taking Nutrafol for years. It's how I got my hair back thicker and not falling out in chunks after I had KJ. Now it's your turn. Nutrafol has been on with me for years, and that's because you all continue to buy, and it really works. I love it. Now it's your turn to love it too. Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com with the promo code T-S-F-S. That's Nutrafol.com with the promo code T-S-F-S. Do you enjoy playing relaxing puzzle games on your phone? I do. It's even better when they're free and you can collect prizes along the way. Welcome to Two Dots. I have been playing Two Dots to relax my mind, unwind, and there's something very methodical about it. The premise of the game is you connect dots horizontally, vertically, but never diagonally. And you head from level to level. And as I mentioned, you do collect points along the way if you are into that. More than 5,000 puzzles to keep you engaged and relaxed after a very long day. Uniquely designed challenges challenges, game modes, and levels to choose from based on what adventure you are into. And by the way, you can download it for free right now on your Android phone or iOS. I also like the color template of this game. It's very, it's giving me very like pastel-y vibes. So yeah, I think you're going to enjoy it too. If you are ready to kick back and unwind, download Two Dots for free on Android and iOS and start connecting. Via Hemp, let's talk about it. Via Hemp offers THC and non-TH craft cannabis experiences. Now, I love a non-THC option when it comes to your overall wellness. I'm talking sleep aid, maybe anxiety if you have that. Well, that's where Via comes into play. And did you know even a non-THC option if you're doing fertility or IVF can be helpful? Look into that. Well, Via is incredible. You got to be 21 plus. You can get 15% off with my exclusive code TSFS when you go to ViaHemp, V-I-I-A, hemp.com. They have all kinds of lifestyle products. And like I said, the best part is with the THC or without, so you don't have the buzzy buzzy. Don't you love my cannabis lingo? I mean, the buzzy buzzy. Anyway, I'm unique. What can I say? Look, order now. You're going to love Via Hemp. Use the code TSFS to receive 15% off and a one-time free sample of their award-winning gummies, 21 plus. That's viahemp.com and use the code TSFS at checkout. Support the show, tell them I sent you, and enhance your everyday life with Via Hemp. Hey guys, welcome to part three of my three-part series, All Looking at Addiction. Here on the Hey for Age podcast, I always try to mix funny and entertaining with also some serious issues that we're all facing in society today. So in the final part, part three, it's broken up into two parts. The first one is with a gentleman named Joe who is taking the DNA and looking closer at DNA to see how that impacts addiction, especially for addicts who come in who might be depressed. How do you do 
how do you treat someone who's not only depressed or bipolar, but also battling an opioid or alcohol addiction? What medications can they take? What can't they take? And how does it react to their body? So that will be part one of this um, podcast today. And then the second part is with Nicole Vasquez, who works with Addiction Centers of America. She too is a recovering addict, and she talks about treatment options and then what you can do post-treatment to stay sober. Thanks for listening. And as always, please hit five stars. Subscribe to my podcast on iTunes. Hey, Frage. Leave a review and let me know what you like. Joe Okowski is going to be my guest today. As you guys know, I'm doing a multi-part series on taking a look at addiction, especially a focus on opioid addiction. And Joe is the genetics researcher and development supervisor at Addiction Labs of America. He began his career in the division of genetic medicine at Vanderbilt University and then began coming and becoming more fascinated and more knowledgeable about DNA analysis, which has led him now to not only uh, doing his own research, but training staff and managing Uh, different departments to understand better the idea of genetics around addiction and also um, to kind of get a sense of when an addict comes in but yet they're depressed or they have another health-related issue how do you treat them with that medication as well as their addiction so enjoy today's episode with joe so you know, Joe, I've, I've, all of my guests, of course, I've been doing a multi-part series on specifically looking at opioid addiction, but addiction in this country, because we're inundated now with just so many tragic stories of overdoses every day, and it seems like all across this country, whether it is opioid or alcohol addiction, everything is on the rise. Um, but you are doing some amazing work, and when I first heard about this, I have to tell you, I was like blown away. I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. It makes sense and is crazy. But you essentially are studying um, opioid addiction and addiction in general through DNA and genetic testing. Is that right? Well, actually, what we currently do with our genetic testing program is our goal is to be able to aid our treatment professionals when they need to prescribe uh, a certain medication that becomes necessary throughout the course of treatment. Um, It's especially relevant for the addiction treatment realm because about 75% of our patients are either currently prescribed or need to be prescribed some sort of mental health medication uh, such as an antidepressant um, throughout the course of treatment so that they can be successful uh, with their treatment. Got it. Okay, so, all right, and break down for that me, for me and for our listeners, like, what exactly that means. So that means, like, if I have an opioid addiction and I'm coming in and I'm, re- I'm receiving treatment and trying to get sober, but I also realize that I have depression, you guys are essentially doing a genetic test, right, to find out how various drugs react in my body. Is that kind of how it works? That is correct. So we know from the research and the literature that's been done that there are certain genetic changes that will be found in some individuals that are going to cause that individual to just not respond to certain uh, medications such as uh, like a tricyclic antidepressant or something along those lines. So to be able to provide our treatment professionals with that information up front before they start uh, prescribing medications um, is a valuable tool because it can get that recovery process started more quickly instead of waiting for just the trial and error approach to prescribing medications. So, and what about this concept, you know, just beginning to read about, because again, when I heard what you're doing, it was just such like a foreign idea. I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. But is the idea that you guys get to the point too that you can genetic test people to find out if they are predisposed to certain addictions with certain drugs? We are currently not at that point. Um, 
I, I'm not 100% sure whether or not uh, the conversation, when it leads to that type of discussion, um, it, we kind of get caught up in, in the ethical uh, realm. And so currently we just are focused on how do we treat these patients and how can we better provide information to our uh, providers regarding you know, getting them the correct medications as quickly as possible since we might only have them in our clinic for um, 30 days or even less. Got it, got it. And what do you guys look into? You know, there's a lot of discussion about treating addicts with a drug. For example, methadone, you know, for someone coming off of a heroin addiction. So do you guys also examine that and take a look at that genetically? Or is it more if you have other things, like you were saying, depression, anxiety, um, you know, another condition that may need medication? I think it's mostly the latter. Uh, it's mostly okay. studying the way that these people are going to effectively be, um, well, effectively be affected by the certain medications that are being prescribed. Uh, for example, certain genetic uh, variations can cause a person to more quickly metabolize certain medications, and that could even become toxic in some people, um, whereas other people might be really slow metabolizers where the, the drug given at prescribed levels will just slowly build up and can also cause issues. So we're really focused on how to inform our treatment professionals with the information they need when prescribing uh, the medication. Um, so, you know, you, you have worked in this genetic-based field. You, you are around people all the time battling uh, addictions. So what is the next frontier for genetics and addiction? Are you guys still mastering the one that you're already working on, or where is the future in five years? Well, that's a, that's a very good question. Um, we are only at the very beginning, I believe, of using genetics when it comes to uh, addiction treatment. Uh, we are in the research and development phase of a, another form of test. It's going to be the same sort of test, but instead of focusing in just on the medication, this is going to look more at the way uh, neurotransmitters such as dopamine and serotonin are affected by a patient's genetics. And that's um, going to be something that we are focusing on this current year, 2018. And so obviously, I mean, Joe, you guys have an amazing program at Addiction Labs, but not everybody lives near Addiction Labs. Is this becoming standard practice at treatment centers, hospitals across the country, or no? We are incorporating it into our standard of care at our treatment facilities for sure. Um, I cannot comment on uh, the other treatment facilities, um, but at ours, 100%. 100%. Wow. Um, and what have you learned? I don't mean... Oh, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry, I didn't mean that 100% of our patients are being tested, but it is part of the standard of care that we are you know, attempting to incorporate at all of our treatment facilities. Got but, it, got uh, it, got it. Well, it just, I mean, it seems like such an advantage when someone comes to the addiction labs. And I think, you know, what's disheartening as a society is you guys are doing this incredible work, but I'm sure for a very small group of people, you know, and, and you know, we don't yet have the ability to do it for everyone. Sure. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. And I think that as it becomes more becomes understood about the testing process, as more uh, patients go through our programs and realize that for the patient standpoint, it is completely harmless. It's non-invasive. It doesn't hurt at all. It's a simple swab of the inside of the cheek. And a couple of days later, their providers are issued a report that highlights which medications will probably work better for them and which ones probably won't. 
Wow. Um, you've obviously been around um, people who are battling, you know, just the tragic disease of being an addict and in, in the opioid addiction, um, and I'm sure in other addiction ways. What do you think, why do you think we are at this place in society where so many people are abusing opiates? Do you think it's a pharmaceutical issue or do you think it's just a, a an emotional, physical reaction that now we're seeing more and more people uh, turning to drugs and alcohol? I personally do not have an answer for that question. Hmm. I, I think that you know access to these medications and the ease at which that they are prescribed could have an impact on why they are becoming a problem. Mm -hmm. But from a society standpoint, I am just a nerdy science guy, and I'm not going <laughs> to attempt to. to try to rationalize why that is happening no probably just i thought maybe we could get like really philosophical you could like break down all the theories yeah. as well <laughs> no 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 i i totally uh, sorry nope. no <laughs> no just stay nerdy science guy that's totally cool um well just a couple last questions what you know you have such amazing insight that most of us do not right being such a researcher what's the frustrating part of your job and the field that you're in that that we the public wouldn't know about i think just the general lack of uh, understanding of the genetic testing process and the goals of the process i think a lot of times when people start talking about genetics they expect it to be some end-all be-all cure to everything and then when they find out mm -hmm. that it's a tool a useful tool and nothing more there is a little bit lack of uh, enthusiasm um, and once i think people understand how we are using this tool to aid our patients and hopefully get them into a better recovery and a more quick uh, quicker way, I think the understanding will start to come around and, and uh, it'll be much more utilized. Wow. Um, super fascinating work. And um, where can people find out more info about what you're doing about Addiction Lab? You know, I know a lot of people are going to be listening to this, have a family member who's in the throes of addiction. So where can we find out more about you and Addiction Labs? We have our website at www.addictionlabs.com. And you can find information about all of our testing, including our genetic testing there. You can even download brochures and things like that um, and watch videos. Uh, there's a wealth of information there. Oh, my God. Terrific. And one last question. Any suggestions? What if people don't, if they don't have genetic testing um, and the kind of research that you're doing available where their loved one is getting treated, is there anything people can do? Is there any programs people can apply to? Or how do they get access to it if they don't? Well, pretty much anybody can do genetic testing if they have uh, an order from their healthcare provider. Mm. Um, so some healthcare providers, of course, are more are, have more relevant information and are more up to speed than others. But um, if they are interested in getting genetic testing, I would uh, I would advise that would be the first place for them to start with their uh, their healthcare provider. Fabulous, Joe. Thank you so much for being on this podcast, sharing your knowledge, and uh, I'm very very grateful. You're helping so many people. Well, thank you so much for having me. I had a great time. You got it. Take care. So Nicole Vasquez is with us today on the podcast, and I've been doing this multi-part series, and um, part of that has been looking at some members and some people that make the American Addiction Centers so amazing and help people to get sober, stay sober, especially around opioid addiction. So Nicole, you run an alumni program that really helps support people who are currently sober. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. 
Got it. So tell me this, and I was reading a little bit about your story because you you yourself have also battled addiction. So tell me a little bit about like your background and how you got to the place that you are today. Yeah, absolutely. So I actually recently uh, celebrated six years clean and sober, living in recovery. Um, so that's uh, a major accomplishment that I've reached in my life. Thank you. Yeah, um, super exciting. I uh, I started out with um, American Addiction Centers in um, 2013. I had just over 18 months clean, um, and a huge part of my story, and a lot of you know, not to. Not to tout on AAC too much, but a reason why I love this company so much is because they really took a chance on me. When they hired me, I had no experience working in a corporate environment. Um, I was just an addict in recovery who was like really super passionate on fire and ready to help people. And they were like, Mm. all right. (laughs) So they gave me a phone and they were like, hey, call these people and give them some support. And I'm like, okay. Um, so it was really fun in the beginning. Um, I come from San Diego, California is where I was born and raised. And, um, I grew up in a, in a really good family, really loving, really supportive. Um, we all have our difficulties, especially in families. I feel like everybody's, uh, family has struggles in one form or another. Um, and a lot of my family struggles were me. <laughs> um, I was a very difficult child. I had behavioral issues from a very young age, um, and eventually those stemmed into drug and alcohol abuse. Um, and it started when I was 14. Mm. Um, my mom caught on when I was 15, and I went to um, my first treatment center at that age. Wow. So, yeah. Wow. And did that, so that's 15 to be in a treatment center. That's like so young, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was really interesting. Um, I, I went to, I didn't go to an actual residential facility. The first one that I went to was actually a behavioral health center or like a detox, if you will, like Mm -hmm. a detox unit. So that was inpatient, but it was a short um, stint inpatient. And then I spent basically my high school career in um different outpatient programs wow and so what what at that time and i mean i remember being 15 like and i started drinking when i was like 14 too so i i know like there's so much emotionally going on but so at that time why didn't sobriety stick for you at that time i i believe that i wasn't in the right headspace like Mm. so the best way that i could try to explain it is that I don't I really don't think I had the mental capacity to understand what was actually wrong with me and that was just me mm-hmm. I know that there are I actually have friends who were able to get clean over at in their teens and I look at them and I'm like wow that's amazing um but I just wasn't one of those people I, I just don't think that my my brain could handle exactly what was wrong with me and that is you know the fact that a lot of people think that you know you hear people all the time say that using drugs is a choice being an addict is a choice so on and so forth um and that just wasn't true for me because i didn't know what was going on in my head it wasn't it wasn't the substance that i had a problem with it was me i was the problem and i could not comprehend that at that age absolutely not everything was your fault (laughs) yeah so then you graduate from high school and what did life look like for you around your addiction post high school so I am just so you know, I, uh, I'll be turning 28 this year. Oh, um, you're young. Okay. So post high school, um, post high school, my addiction looked like 
it was a little stagnant. I definitely, I used, um, I used not my drug of choice, but I used other drugs and other substances. Um, I made a series of very bad decisions mm. for my life, um, including things like moving into, moving to weird states, like, I don't know, Idaho. No offense <laughs> to Idaho. And, um, and uh, I, I moved, I moved across the country. I was 18, so I was free. So, you know, I moved out of my mom's house and I, I just started running away from everything because, of course, everything else was my problem and not me. I got married at a really young age. Um, and, uh, I continued to use, and then I ended up back in California, and um, that's when I went. It was from 20 to 21. I'm sorry, 21 to, yeah, 20 to 21 was when I was at the height of my addiction. Got it. Um, and I was just in, you know, the worst kind of situations. I, I was, you know, breaking all kinds of laws, doing all kinds of um, immoral things that, you know, I wouldn't do in the right state of mind that nobody would do in the sure. right state of mind. And, um, so I ended up getting clean just two months before my 22nd birthday is when I went into the last treatment center that I've been to. Got it. Got it. So, and now you run this amazing, you know, American Addiction Centers, their alumni program. And American Addiction Centers, essentially, you guys offer a series of treatment um, facilities, right? Where people can come if they're being, if they're an addict and they want to get sober. That's kind of how it works, right? Yeah. So we have a network of um, inpatient and outpatient drug and alcohol treatment centers. Um, we range from in-network to out-of-network, um, and we're able to offer all, all... Hero Breads. Oh, my gosh. Chef's kiss. Do you love carbs? I'm obsessed. Give me a croissant. Give me a tortilla, baby, every day, slathered with some hummus. Yes, please. And then a lot of veggies, a little turkey burger in it. Okay. Um, that's my own proprietary sandwich. Thanks. <laughs> Hero Breads right now offering 10% off. Go to hero.com. Co. Enter the promo code TSFS. You are getting 10% off. Now, Hero Bread is so delicious and flavorful, soft, fluffy. In fact, so fluffy that KJ loves it, slathered with butter and cinnamon every day. They're known for their products to have zero to one grams of net carbs, zero sugar, and high in fiber. So what are you waiting for? Don't give up being a breadhead. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code TSFS at checkout. That's TSFS at H-E-R-O dot C-O. Do you hear that? That is the sound of the brand new and delicious You Natural Conception for her in their juicy strawberry gummy flavor. Oh my, this is now my favorite thing to take. It's a fertility aid. If you haven't heard about them, they are unbelievable with thousands of five-star reviews on Amazon. Go and read them for yourself. And they're famous for their Conception for Her and Conception for Him formula, which Schman, my hubby, has been taking for over a month because it takes two to tango. Conception for Her Fertility Aid is a well-researched baby. They have ingredients like ashkawanda, zinc, magnesium that can help you on that journey to have a healthy baby. So what are you waiting for? Go and order now. You're going to love it, and I want to hear from you. Check out You Natural on Amazon and use code FRASER20 for 20% off Conception for Her, Conception for Him, and the Conception Bundle. That's EU Natural on Amazon, or follow the link on our website for 20% off Conception for Her, Conception for Him, and the Conception Bundle with the promo code Fraser 20. That's F R A S E R. The number's two zero. How ironic!
I love this. Got a new podcast for you to listen to. Yes, I do. It's the Dr. John Delani Show. Schman and I were actually playing a clip from Dr. John's podcast because he was doing the topic of are youth travel sports ruining families? Well, Dr. John Delani has over 20 years of sitting with families and dealing with hurting people and mental health issues. He has a PhD in counseling. Delani walks alongside real people as they navigate tough decisions. And this is actually something that I really enjoy about his show. It's caller driven. I feel like I'm going to have to get a collar-driven show, Dr. John. I love this. Anyway, listen to the Dr. John Delani Show wherever you get your podcast, or you can follow the link in the description of this podcast episode. I always make it very, very easy to find my sponsors and people that I partner with. So start downloading and listening today to the Dr. John Delani Podcast. Enjoy. Ten years ago, I lost 60 pounds mindful eating, and today I have kept the weight off. I never think about food. I never count calories. Honey, I don't even use one of those darn trackers or apps. I live with food freedom, and I want that for you if you are ready and you want it. And that's where My Optimal Body comes into play. Visit MyOptimalBody.com to request an appointment, and be sure to let them know that the Sarah Fraser Show sent you so you can qualify for a free personalized assessment plus a bonus free 30-day supply of their gut repair product when you sign up for a customized plan. That is myoptimalbody.com to request an appointment. Why I wanted to partner with Dr. Applin is because he is a doctor that gets to the cellular and gut reason of why you can't lose weight and keep it off. They also work with your mental capacity as well. So many of us are emotional eaters. They address that and their clients see long-term success. If you are ready to lose weight, keep it off, and you don't want to do crazy Ozempic, myoptimalbody.com and tell them the Sarah Fraser Show sent you. Basically all levels of care um, from detox to residential to PHP and IOP and even sober living in some of our areas. Got it, got it, got it. And so how long do people usually stay in your program before they graduate to the alum part of it? So that just depends. It's a total case-by-case basis. Um, One of my favorite sayings and one of my favorite things about American Addiction Centers is that we are not a cookie cutter program. Mm. Um, So everybody's length of stay is different, but it can range anywhere from 30, 60, 90 days um, to longer if people have the ability to. And then, of course, they're a part of the alumni program for life. So they're always connected to the AAC family. Got it. And what does the alumni program do for someone who's recovering? Yeah, so we do all kinds of really cool stuff. Um, The first thing that we do is we keep them connected. Um, So that's whether it's just offering some sort of support. Um, The beautiful thing about the American Addiction Center's alumni team is that everybody who's on my team, um, everybody who's an actual employee on my team, they're all in personal recovery. So we're able to uh, sit in this silo where we're, yes, we're representatives of American Addiction Centers, but we're also people in recovery who are able to just provide support and um, experience strength and hope on situations that our clients might be dealing with. Um, So we keep them connected to us. We keep them connected to each other. Uh, So the network of alumni that we have in our different communities where we have alumni coordinators, we do fun things like um, we have dinners and 12-step meetings. Um, Those are held on a weekly basis. We put on events for them, uh, fun events and volunteer events. You know, for me personally, I got clean two months before my 22nd birthday, and I thought my life was over. I didn't know what I was going to be able to do. I didn't know if I was going to be able to have fun. So that's why we put on these fun events to remind everyone um, who comes into 
into recovery that you can still have fun. And uh, we do volunteer events because we do believe in being of service. Um, and so it's kind of twofold for us. We get to we get to show, we get to teach that, impart that onto our alumni, and then we ourselves also get to be of service. What's the hardest part? I mean, obviously you've been in the throes of addiction, but what is the hardest part for people once they're out of treatment to stay sober? Is it going back to old friends and, and old patterns? Is it family members that enable? What's the hardest part? I think the hardest part, wow, that's a really good question. The hardest part for me personally about um, staying clean and sober was probably, yeah, staying away from old people, places, and things. Mm. Um, for me, I had to get get out of the area that I was in um, in order to be able to sustain long-term recovery because I personally believe that if I was close to those people, it wouldn't have taken long for me to end up right back where I started. Um, and then I think the other part of it is to having it's 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 constant work is what it is Mm. i think that people mistake being in recovery for just not using when in reality there is so much work that goes into it um it's about bettering myself and can and always wanting to to strive and move forward and keep pushing um one of the biggest uh things in the 12-step programs is obviously the 12 steps that that require work they require writing they require thinking they require doing things like letting go of the old me and moving towards the new me um so all of that and um and obviously it's a process and it's not something that you just do all at once it's not incredibly overwhelming um it's just it's just about putting the work in and i mean obviously it's it's worth it hello (laughs) yeah yeah exactly Um, yeah exactly life changing Go ahead. No, no, and you know, I was going to ask. Uh, you live in it every day, and my brother is um, a recovering alcoholic, and he's been um, he's been sober for seven years and in the program. And you know, AA totally changed our family and and his life. But you know, he always talks to me about whether it's a rehab center or a twelve step program. You know, the the percentage of people that actually stay sober long term is so low. You know. Is that discouraging for you and you live in it and you work in it every day? Or do you think, you know, that's just right now those numbers are what they are? It's it's not. Honestly, like, because I know the reality of this disease, I also know the reality of the possibility for recovery from this disease. Mm. Um, So it's not discouraging because those numbers, they will grow um, and the fact of the matter is recovery is possible for anyone. It doesn't matter how many times you've walked in the doors and walked back out, been to a treatment center and left or whatever it is. Um, there's always hope. And tell me this, where, you know, I've, I've been doing a lot of research on um, whether it's opioid addiction or just in addiction in this country. And, you know, we're just inundated now with how many people are addicts um, and how many more people are becoming alcoholics. Why do you think that is? Do you think that as a society we're getting more and more like connected to social media and less connected with each other? Do you just think that people are talking about it more? Why do you think that there's at least in the media this perception that addiction is on the rise? Um, I think that addiction has always been there. I think that because of the demographic that it's hitting now, much more people are paying attention to it. Mm. 
Got it. Um, and, you know, we're in Washington, D.C. Most of my listeners are. And I know you guys run a lot of programs more like down in Texas and, um, you know, out west. Where can people, though, you know, if they're listening and they have a family member um, or they themselves recognize that they're an addict, where's the best place you'd recommend people to get started, to start looking at some ways to get sober? So you'd be surprised. We actually have um, facilities. We have way more facilities than that. We have facilities in the Northeast as well, in New Jersey. We have some in Florida. Um, I would highly recommend reaching out to American Addiction Center. Something that we pride ourselves on is is always being able to help and, and find something that can help in this process. So even if you don't have a private insurance, we might be able to, to point you in the right direction. Got it, got it, right. Uh, uh, sorry, I didn't see the New Jersey one for some reason. I was, like, looking in Texas and looking out yeah. west, so I didn't see that one. Um, yeah, because that's the thing is treatment is so expensive. So, I, I mean, and I'm sure for a lot of people that's kind of discouraging and overwhelming, but you guys do offer programs, right, to help? We, we offer um, a range of different programs at different price points, um, and, of course, we accept private insurance as well. Um, we also do uh, different kinds of healthcare lending and stuff like that, so we can, but at, we also have relationships. We have a network of uh, treatment consultants across the country that are strategically placed in different areas, um, and they have re- local resources in their areas um, that we might be able to help with as well. Got it. Um, and as far as you know, treatment being expensive, I, I do just want to point on, I, I take a lot of pride in where I come from. I actually went to a state-funded facility, um, and so I know that recovery is possible from, from anywhere. And uh, so I always encourage, even even if you don't have resources that you think you need for treatment, um, even just looking into some of the local resources in your area is a good idea as well. Um, And last question, what do you think is the future? Do you think that, you know, because certainly I I think the only positive so far that's come out of the opioid epidemic across this country is like, we're all talking about it. You know, like everybody recognizes no matter what town you're from or family, you know, people really recognize that there's a problem and addiction is, is really serious and it's not something to just, you know, shoo away in the closet um but where do you see the state of treatments and addiction in five years do you think through things like dna testing and you know more open conversations and people becoming more emotionally spiritually connected that we're going to see a drop in addiction or what do you think the trend is i think that it's definitely more in the public eye and that it's going to continue to be in the public eye and i think that we're going to be able to make some huge strides in prevention um, that's something that that's really um, speaks to my heart is is working on prevention. I actually work with with youth students um, on a regular basis as well. Just something I do uh, from a volunteer standpoint. So for me, I think that all of this knowledge that we're gaining and everything that we're learning is going to be able to help us to approach addiction from more of a, pre- a prevention standpoint. Mm-hmm. That's different from the traditional don't do drugs. Got it. I love it. Well, it's AmericanAddictionCenters.org is your website. Um, And is there any other place that people should look out, follow you guys, or reach out? Yeah, we have Facebook, um, Facebook.com slash American Addiction Centers. We have Twitter as well. We also have a YouTube page. I actually have a segment on our YouTube page. It's called Addiction and Recovery with Nicole Vasquez, and I'm just sharing my experience, strength, and hope on different topics in regards to um, addiction and recovery. Um, So we have tons of resources for people. You guys are amazing. Nicole, thank you so much. You're truly an inspiration, and I appreciate you being on this podcast. 
Thank you so much. I appreciate being able to be on your podcast. Have a great afternoon, Nicole. Thank you so much.